We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what is going on? Hope everybody's having an awesome day. It is Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. In case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Uh, We've been rocking and rolling here on the Ducks Dish podcast, rolling out a couple episodes this week. Before we get into today's episode, just a couple of quick reminders. Go ahead and smash the like button, smash the subscribe button. It is a tremendous help to what we're doing covering the Oregon Ducks, both on the gridiron, on the football field, and on the recruiting trail. Uh, And then do us a favor and check out our other episodes. We had our upon further review for our final thoughts on the Stanford game. And then that was with Spencer McLaughlin. And then yesterday... I had our setting the stage episode as we take an early look at Oregon's week six matchup, the Arizona Wildcats. Ducks getting ready to head to Tucson, to the desert for uh, what could be a tricky matchup, but should be a very good game. Uh, In case you guys are here on the live stream, Oregon football, uh, Max Torres is where you can find us. So that's youtube.com slash Oregon football, Max Torres. Like to do these episodes live pretty much all the time. But if you guys are here live on the live stream on YouTube, go ahead and throw a comment, ask me a question in the live stream, and I will do my absolute best to try and answer as many questions as I can as they pop up. And if you're watching on the replay, let me know what you're thinking about this Oregon football season, about this Oregon football recruiting class, because we're going to switch gears a little bit and have a recruiting focused episode. And the kind of framework for this episode is Oregon set for a big October on the recruiting trail? I think a lot of people have, at least Oregon fans, have been a little bit underwhelmed as far as things on the recruiting trail go for the Ducks. Been a bit of a quiet uh, you know, month. September was a quiet month that really kind of came and went for Oregon. Uh, they really had some you know, fireworks in, in August uh, with guys like uh, Amari Washington and Jaden Moore hopping into the fold. Uh, But this past weekend, they hosted some huge names on campus for visits. And uh, we got to talk about a couple of big names here in the 2023 class for Oregon that Oregon is still recruiting. But kind of just a first storyline that we wanted to start off with SIL American, the the good folks over there, my, my colleagues, they released an updated rankings for Oregon not for Oregon, I should say, excuse me, updated rankings for the 2023 recruiting team rankings. Uh, And uh, Oregon found themselves at a pretty good spot. They came in at number 13 
in the overall rankings with 18 verbal commitments headlined, of course, by the number one overall recruit, according to SI All-American. That, of course, being Detroit King quarterback, five-star Dante Moore. Uh, you got a number of really talented names that are also in this class. You have Jurion Dickey, the five-star wide receiver out of the Bay Area. Uh, and then you also have um, Ashton Kozar out of Texas. Both of those guys were on campus in Eugene for visits last weekend. So I think this is good territory for Oregon. They have three SI-99 recruits uh, in the fold right now. I know that Jurion and Dante have to be the first two, but the other two, the other one is slipping my mind. So apologies for that. But looking big picture at the recruiting rankings, you have USC coming in at number 11, um, moving up one spot from number 12 in the last rankings. These new rankings come out every month um, for SIL American. The, the Trojans made some headlines recently uh, after they landed the Arizona offensive lineman, Elijah Page, who was previously committed to Notre Dame it really felt like, you know, just from reading into the tea leaves on this one, after Page backed off his commitment to Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish, that USC was really viewed as the front runner here. Uh, they've done a good job in Arizona. They're undefeated right now. They have a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail, especially with Lincoln Riley and the uh, numerous five-star commitments that the Trojans have. We don't want to talk too much about USC, but I always like to kind of go outside of Oregon a little bit. Um, you got Malachi Nelson. Um, who is the five-star quarterback out of Los Alamitos High School. You also have um, Zachariah Branch, the five-star wide receiver. I think he's the consensus number one wide receiver in the country um, in 2023 out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman, and then Jurion's right behind him. Um, so that's kind of what USC is looking like. And you also have Washington coming in at number 24, and the top 25 rankings for Sports Illustrated All-American. 19 verbal commitments for Kalen DeBoer and the Huskies. I think they've kind of surprised some people on their recruiting trail. Uh, a couple you know, overlap guys that, that Oregon was going after, too, with uh, Landon Hatchett being the, the first one that comes to mind. He's an offensive lineman, local guy. His brother was on the team. So always got to uh, have that brother angle, which we're going to actually talk about for Oregon in uh, this episode a little bit later on. So I don't want to give too much away. Make sure you stick around for that how helpful the brother connection has been for Oregon on the recruiting trail in the past and now looking like the present as well. Um, but some final thoughts for Washington. Another guy that Oregon was looking at was uh, Bay Area defensive back Leroy Bryant, who really saw his stock rise leading up to his commitment. Got to see him at the UC report, and he's definitely a promising defensive back, no doubt about it. So just the last thing to wrap up on this, I think the race for the number one class is going to be quite interesting. I think it's going to come down to Oregon and USC. Not a huge surprise there. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of momentum these other schools in the Pac-12 can generate because let's be honest, the Pac-12 is playing some really good football right now. I mean, that game against the UCLA-Washington game might have been one of the top games of the week in the Pac last week. I think it was 40-32 to 32, uh, was the final out there in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl with UCLA giving Washington their first loss. And Washington was looking real, real good. And um, and UCLA, I kind of thought, you know, they were undefeated, but they hadn't really played any good teams. So they were kind of like a suspect undefeated team. But I think the way that they beat Washington really says a lot about what Chip Kelly has going on with that program out there in Westwood. So I think that with the seasons that they're having, it's it's not a stretch for uh, for these guys to have some, some pretty good momentum on their recruiting trail. They're hoping it can carry over. Uh, that's all the Pac-12 schools as a whole. Uh, I think they had 
five teams ranked inside the last top 25, uh, the last AP top 25 poll. So I can't even tell you the last time that happened. Uh, so shout out to the uh, shout out to the Pac-12 with the way they've been doing on the recruiting trail. All right, let me see. I just realized that I can put some film on. So I'm going to go ahead and move my windows around here um, so that I can put some highlights on for you guys to enjoy, give you the, give you the whole picture. So just bear with me here while I get some highlights up. I just opened Firefox. I never use Firefox. I don't know. Shout out to all the Firefox users out there. Um, I don't know who uses Firefox, but if you do, good for you. Um, all right. So I got, I'm going to start with an absolute heater, really, really big name recruit. Let me get through the ads on that video. And then we will hop into the first recruit that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about four or five recruits on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Um, so without further ado, let us hop into it. Let me share the screen and um, see what else we got here. All right. Here we go. All right. The first recruit we're going to be talking about is five-star DeSoto, Texas wide receiver, John Tay Cook. Uh, he was the big surprise visitor for Oregon uh, this past weekend against Stanford. And man, the, the names don't get a whole lot bigger at the wide receiver position than John Tay Cook. This was a, a really a visit that came down kind of to the last second for Oregon. I need to do some more, uh, you know, admittedly, I need to do some digging to see what kind of intel I can get on this recruitment. But uh, prior to the visit, you know, this was one that kind of came down to the wire. You know, Oregon was really hoping he was going to be able to make his flight um, to Eugene. There is a direct from Dallas to Eugene that I didn't even know about, but you've got to figure that that's been crucial to Oregon's Texas pipeline. But the real story with Jonte is that he is a five-star wide receiver recruit. He committed to Texas back at the end of June this year. And the funny thing is with Jonte, I first met him, first interviewed him out in the Lone Star State in Texas when I went out to cover Stephon Johnson Jr., who was formerly committed to Oregon in the 2022 class. He ended up at Oklahoma State uh, amid the coaching change. Um, but when I first talked to Jonte, I really wasn't getting much of a vibe that Oregon was really much of a player at all. And that was when they had Brian McClendon on staff, who was, who was and is one of the best wide receiver recruiters in the country. Uh, we all know what happened with him. He decided to follow Mario Cristobal to Miami. And then he said, just kidding. I'm going to go back to Georgia and join the national champions. Um, so I think it's crazy because like I said, it didn't really feel like Oregon had that much of a shot here, but the fact that they got him back out on campus while he's committed to Texas, I think is absolutely worth reading into. You got to remember, this is a five-star guy who put Oregon in his top three schools prior to making this commitment, Texas, Oregon, Michigan, and then the, the way that recruiting is covered now is, is so fascinating to me, obviously on my end, but also what other people do. Recruits have photographers, videographers traveling with them on these visits. And there was kind of a little vlog that came out after Jonte made his initial commitment to Texas. And he more or less said that Oregon finished at number two because of the phenomenal staff that Dan Lanning has assembled. You know, everyone that I, I you talk to has really good things to say about Junior Adams. Obviously, he's hanging his hat on the Cooper Cup development, and, and now he has a really good uh, success story so far this season on the way that Troy Franklin's playing, uh, as well as Chase Cota. But Troy Franklin's really the, the guy who's dominating that wideout for the, the Ducks now uh, this season. So I think that getting them back on campus is absolutely uh, the right thing. Uh, certainly doesn't hurt to, to get him back on campus. And from the people that I've talked to 
uh, close to the Oregon program, there is a uh, you know, legitimate belief that they have a chance to flip him. Uh, is this a done deal? Not by any means. I am not saying that. Don't twist my words. But because uh, just think about this. This is one of the top wide receivers in the state of Texas. He's already committed to Texas. And I feel like with with uh, the way that Steve Sarkeesian has things rolling on the recruiting trail, it's it's not easy to get guys out of the Lone Star State, especially when you have uh, in-state programs like Texas, like Texas A&M. We saw that with DJ Hicks just last week, right? It's not easy to get these guys away from their, uh, you know, from the schools, especially if they're already committed somewhere. So let me get our uh, let me get our next guy up over on Huddle. And we will go from there. All right. So the next guy we're going to be talking about, um, actually, the last thing I wanted to say on the on Jonte Cook and just Oregon's wide receiver uh, recruit recruiting, they already have two huge pieces in the fold with Jurion Dickey and Ashton Cozart. Um, Jurion Dickey is a guy who's obviously his stock is the highest that it's ever been, and he's only continuing to put on a show at Menlo Atherton after transferring there from Valley Christian uh, a year ago. So he's doing really well in his senior season at Menlo Atherton, dominated on the camp circuit, dominated all over the country, the seven-on-seven circuit, you name it, he showed out. And then Ashton Kozar, I feel like, you know, Pacific Northwest native, uh, he has a really cool story about coming back to the Pacific Northwest for his college ball, but he's someone that continues to put on a show uh, out there in Texas against some of the best competition there is. Uh, I think he he's really making a name for himself as a guy who can take the top off of a defense, a vertical threat, a playmaker, I think he's averaging 15 plus yards uh, per catch over there. So Oregon's still looking to do a little bit of damage at wide receiver. They're also uh, continuing to recruit DeAndre Moore, who is currently committed to Louisville. That is the wide receiver out of St. John Bosco and Bellflower, California. Super, super excited to uh, be able to say that I'm going to be attending the St. John Bosco modern day game on Friday. That's the national number one against the national number two. That's the biggest game in the country. Uh, and I cannot wait to be there. Uh, so that should be a fun one out in Santa Ana. But let's talk about our next guy. We're going to be talking about uh, Judson, uh, Judson, off- not offensive lineman, uh, defensive lineman, Johnny Bowens. If I can get these highlights to play, there we go. Uh, okay, so Johnny Bowens goes to Judson in Converse, Texas. And uh, he's kind of a, a, def- he's a defensive lineman, but you see he plays on the edge. So he's definitely an athlete. Without a doubt, the interesting thing with Johnny Bowens is, well, not only do you have to look at Oregon's current hall and they're doing a really good job along the defensive line, but um, I think that with with the 25 cap being uh, being kind of eliminated on the recruiting trail, um, it gives you options. You know, if sure you already feel good about the defensive line that you have, but if you can get a guy like Bowens back on campus, another Texas guy, when you have John Tay Cook. Uh, on campus you have Ashton Kozar on campus Tyler Turner on campus like getting all of these Texas guys on campus at the same time uh, is only going to benefit you because uh, you can you can talk about you know we feel comfortable away from here Texas is a decent distance as you can tell you know kind of halfway across the country uh, from Eugene but um, just look at the power that Bowens plays with he is an absolute animal in the front seven he's showing he's fired up on that play but the story really starts for Bowens He's a former Texas A&M commit. We talked about how hard it is to get guys out of the Lone Star State that have major offers from Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, 
Uh, that was the story with Tyler Turner, right? Tyler Turner was a former Baylor commit, uh, but obviously you have some familiarity there with Matt Pallage being uh, the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach at Oregon. So he obviously felt comfortable enough, um, you know, to a degree to follow Pallage to Eugene for his college ball. Uh, but with, with Bowens, he came out to Eugene, kind of first got on Oregon's radar uh, in the springtime for an unofficial visit. And at the time, he was committed to Texas A&M. That visit obviously gave him a lot to think about, you know, meeting with the Oregon staff, meeting the Oregon players. And then after the visit, he goes ahead and says, hey, I want to slow things down. Let me back off this commitment from Texas A&M and, and go at the recruiting process a second time. Um, I think it just goes to prove the point even more that uh, just because guys are verbally committed does not mean that they are necessarily locked in or maybe they are locked in, but other programs are still going to be giving chase, putting on that full court press until they maybe hear, hey, back off. I'm, I'm totally locked in here and I don't want to have to deal with the process anymore. Uh, or there's ultimately a signature on that dotted line. But even then, even then the recruiting process doesn't stop because in the era of the transfer portal, you have to continue to recruit your own guys. you got to try to make sure everybody's happy. And that's something that every program from coast to coast, regardless of where you're at, you have to deal with that in some way. So I don't have too much more to say about Johnny Bowens. The only other note that I have is that it was good for Oregon to get him on campus, uh, especially after the news of David Hicks announcing his commitment to Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, and the Aggies. Uh, so you want to keep building that momentum in the state of Texas. I think that Oregon obviously has pipelines in California and Texas. Now you got to really try to push that pipeline even further east out to Florida. You see how well Brandon Dorless is doing. Um, I, I can I will continue to beat that drum because Florida is just too darn talented to not be more active in the recruiting, uh, the recruiting game. So I think with, with Johnny Bowens, Oregon's obviously in a good spot here. If they're able to get him back on campus, uh, I think that uh, this is a recruitment that's probably far from over, but maybe I can get an interview with, with Bowens and, and see kind of what's good over there. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the Ducks Dish podcast. For those of you listening to us on the plat podcasting platform, don't go anywhere. We got more Oregon football recruiting for you after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. Appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you tuning in. However you're tuned in, I'm your host, Max Torres, and we're rocking and rolling on a recruiting-centered focus of the podcast. I have to admit, I'm having a whale of a time. You guys know how much I love recruiting. It fires me up. We saw some questions about the offensive line uh, in the uh, stream. 
Let me see what I can get up here. This is Trevor's question. Any promising O-line recruits? That is the biggest uh, question kind of right now around Oregon's 2023 recruiting class. They uh, haven't been able to, you know, get too much momentum there on the uh, recruiting trail at offensive line. Let me see if I can pull up this guy's highlights because it's taken me a second, uh, but let's give her a go. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted. Of course, technology isn't uh, isn't cooperating with me. Let's see what we got here. All right, here we go. Just got to let the ad roll and then we should be good to go. But yeah, let's talk about offensive linemen because Oregon is still looking for that ever elusive first offensive line commit here in the 2023 class. And uh, it is a bit of a shock to see that it's taken this long, but I don't think that it's necessarily time to panic because uh, Adrian Clem and that staff, they know how to recruit for sure. And the next guy we're going to talk about is a familiar name uh, for Duck fans, Duck fans. And uh, that is the that is Yapani Laulu. That is the younger brother of Faope Laulu. Uh, I really hope I'm not butchering that too hard um, in in this video. Uh, I know I got one of my good uh, my good friends, Matt. Uh, Matt he sometimes lets me know how I'm doing on the pronunciation of some of these Polynesian players. Yapani Laulu, uh, or maybe it's Laulu. But uh, it's Faope's brother. He was on campus this past weekend for his official visit. Um, and at, coming out of that visit, there's been some reports that he is down to Oregon. And oddly enough, Oregon's next opponent in week six in the 2022 season, the Arizona Wildcats. Jed Fish has been really doing a pretty good job turning that program around. Uh, I think you usually want to give a coach about three-year grace period to see if they are able to get some momentum there going. Uh, and... Um, I think I'm just kind of trying to make the case for, for him, but I think with Oregon, you have the uh, prestigious offensive line culture and tradition. They're playing really well this year. Obviously you think if, if he's down to Oregon and Arizona, that would just further Oregon's case. If they're strength, further strengthen Oregon's case, if they're able to come away with a win over Arizona, but this is where I remember when I was talking about the brother connection earlier on in the show, if you guys stuck around then I'm glad you did because Oregon has had a lot of success recruiting brothers of current ducks uh let's see you have uh Panay sewell and noah sewell uh you used to have uh keon ware hudson and chiron ware hudson but chiron ended up flipping his commitment the talented wide receiver to usc uh who else do we have here i know brandon baker's name got thrown out there he's a really talented 2024 offensive lineman at modern day had a recent update uh for him over on sil american so uh, you can either go there to read that or you can scroll back on my uh, Twitter profile. He's the, the younger brother of Gary Baker, the former Oregon offensive lineman. You have the Herbert brothers, right? Justin and Patrick. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some. Okay, yeah, there you go, Andrew. Uh, Justin Flo and Jonathan Flo. Uh, there's a whole bunch of connections. And I feel like Oregon's proven, especially with the family atmosphere that they have, I would wager that they're probably in the driver's seat for Yapani. Uh, and you have the Winston brothers. Thank you, Andrew. You got Lamar and um, Lamar and uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the current, the youngest Winston, um, and Marion, and Marion Winston, who just started his career at Oregon. So I think that this would be a very logical pick for Oregon's first offensive line commit uh, in 2023. Uh, it seems like uh, that that official visit went really well. For him, I don't believe we have an updated timeline right now, 
but it seems like with them picking up momentum, the timing of this visit, it was an official. So you got to figure that Oregon rolled out the red carpet. Um, and then he's got uh, his his older brother, Faope, telling him about all the great things that Oregon's uh, Oregon's offensive line staff is doing for him and the culture there. He's got to be familiar with it. Uh, Oregon has a very strong Polynesian culture, obviously, so that could be something as well. So it really feels like the pieces are kind of falling into place for Oregon with the younger Lalaulu brother. Um, but we got to continue to monitor that, continue to track that, uh, because there's uh, there's more there's it's not over until it's over. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that one. And let me see if I can get my next guy up here. Going to be going for about thirty minutes today is the plan, folks. Um, so I have a couple more guys that I want to talk about and then we will just do our thing. So here we go. Keep rolling. Got the ad rolling and then we will share the screen, but the next offensive lineman we're going to be talking about was also in town for an official visit this past weekend. And that is 2023 view offensive tackle Spencer Fano coming out of Provo, Utah, um, this was a big, big visitor for Oregon. Make no mistake about it uh, because he's someone that the previous staff had been recruiting for quite a bit. And then once this new staff came in, they wasted no time getting him on campus. And the thing with Fano is that he's maybe a little bit undersized for an offensive tackle. I believe he is at 6'5", 270. So he's a little bit on the lighter side. But the good thing for Oregon and any school that's recruiting him is this guy can flat out move. You see the pancake block there, the physicality and the ferocity that he plays with. Uh, this is a timely visit for Oregon, seeing that they got Fano on campus for that Stanford game. Because you'll remember, if you follow recruiting, if you follow Spencer on Twitter, if you follow Ducks Digest, um, Spencer Fano released his top four schools just prior to this visit. Uh, you got the Utah Utes, the BYU Cougars, the Michigan Wolverines, and the Oregon Ducks. So I feel like right now, if I had to give my best bet, I would say this is an Oregon-Utah battle, um, but it looks like he's going to take his visits and then make his decision. Uh, I talked to someone very close to uh, to Spencer, and um, the, the family really, really likes Oregon and, and has nothing but good things to say about them. Uh, the whole family was on campus for that official visit, and just look at how well the Oregon offensive line is playing right now. Not only that, look at the pipeline that they've set up that they've established in the state of Utah dating back three, four, five years. You've got Jackson Powers Johnson, who is just balling out uh, so far this season. He's getting more playing time. Uh, you have Noah Sewell, obviously, but uh, Jackson was at Corner Canyon in Utah. Uh, Harrison Tagger, also a Corner Canyon guy. Jeff Bassa from Kearns High School. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other Utah guys that I'm missing. Um, uh, you have Ben Roberts the talented defensive lineman. Uh, and then Josh Connerly also burned his red shirt, I believe. So he, you can also sell them on the possibility of early playing time, which I think bodes well for the, for them because Oregon is set to lose a number of talented veterans uh, from the 20, from this season, right? Um, still waiting to see what's going on with Steven Jones. Uh, he hasn't played in a while. He's been battling an injury. It looks like we usually see him with a boot on his foot. Uh, he was using a scooter at one point to get around. So we don't have any new information there. When we talked to Dan Lanning last week, he was saying that he wasn't going to share anything on uh, on Steven. Um, but Spencer Fano is, is absolutely, I'd say, at or near the top of the board for Oregon as far as offensive linemen go here in the 2023 class. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say. Um, I mean, I think Utah was definitely in the lead. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon was in the lead after this weekend's uh, visit. Um, I got to spend some time to see if I can do some digging, talk to some sources, maybe get an interview with Spencer uh, to hear about how that trip went. But Oregon's offensive line, I really feel like is almost ahead of schedule, not on the recruiting trail, but as far as the on-field product, I think you expected Oregon to be good as an offensive line, given all the returners and all the experience that they had. But I don't know if you expected them to be this good, especially with the coaching transition. I feel like it, it was going to take some time for things to get to get rocking and rolling and for them to get on the same page. But Oregon's offensive line is easily top five in the country right now, adding, allowing that first sack uh, against uh, Stanford last week. Uh, but we had a couple more guys that I wanted to talk about, and they're all out of the Southern California area. Um, so give me a second while I pull those up and we will see what's going on. Hope everybody's having a good day so far. If you guys are here in the live chat, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, all of that good stuff. Uh, the next guy I'm going to, okay, that's not who I wanted. Come on, come on, huddle. Don't do that to me. All right, here we go. Now we're loading the highlights, getting everything getting everything going here. All right, here we go. The next guy that we're going to be talking about is a uh, athlete slash running back in the 2023 recruiting class. That is Nathaniel Frazier. Um, he's five listed on 247 at 5'11", 195 pounds. Uh, number 32 player in California on the 247 sports composite. But let me tell you, this guy can flat out play. Uh, I've seen him multiple times this year in person. Uh, I watched him in the Corona Centennial game, modern day versus Corona Centennial. That was a, a good matchup on paper, but no, uh, modern day just absolutely ran away with that game. Um, but Oregon is the reason I wanted to talk about Nathaniel Frazier is because he just got offered by Oregon not too long ago. I'm going to see him, like I said, at that modern day uh, St. John Bosco game, the number one versus number two in the country. And uh, this guy is a versatile guy. He can do it all. I mean, he's, he doesn't have the size that Dante Dowdell has, Oregon's other running back commit in the 2023 class, but he's got some wiggle. The dude plays super, super tough. Um, here, here you see him in the Mililani game, which was at St. John Bosco. Look at him breaking those tackles and just running it to the house. Uh, he's an absolute stud, and this modern-day backfield is loaded. They have 2025 running back Jordan Davison, who recently got an offer. I know Carlos Laughlin really likes him. And what he brings to the table, he is a five-star, even as just a sophomore. Um, but you look at the way that that modern day uses him running between the tackles. Great job to stay up there. And uh, he's got that breakaway speed. He's got the home run speed that you want in a running back. Here he is in that Corona Centennial game. I believe he had three touchdowns in this game. Um, I wonder if I can see myself in the film there somewhere. Uh, but that's a huge, huge game coming up. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to follow Nathaniel Frazier, see if he ends up, if a visit materializes. He doesn't, he's not super, super heavily recruited. Let me look at some of the other offers that he has uh, on, on his profile. You got Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon. You got USC, of course, UNLV. So he's kind of a, a more of a, you know, under the radar kind of guy, under the radar kind of prospect here in the 2023 class. Uh, but I want to make sure that you guys are keeping track of the top names to follow for Oregon on the recruiting trail. Um, as things kind of get heated up and get going here in the 2023 class. Two more names I want to talk about, and then we will get out of here, you guys. We got Roderick Pleasant. He's a 2023 cornerback for Oregon. I feel like he's probably one of, if not two, the only two, one of, if not the only 
uh, defensive back that Oregon would maybe add here in the 2023 class, given how full that secondary hall already is. You got Cole Martin, you got Cody DeCamber, you got Tyler Turner. Um, you got a bunch of dudes already there in that, in that secondary, but Roderick Pleasant, probably the fastest defensive back in the entire country. Uh, he took a visit to USC over the weekend. Uh, and he, as of right now, the last time I talked to him, he's supposed to take his official to Oregon on, uh, I mean, I want to say it's mid November for that Utah game. So talk about a great game to have a guy there for, but he took a visit to USC over the weekend and USC's defense is looking pretty good. Um, so you got USC, you got Oregon, you got Penn state, Cal, I think even Miami is in the running there with Roderick Pleasant. So he's a speedster. He's someone you got to keep an eye on, uh, this season. And the last guy that I want to talk about is Dalen Austin. He's a 2023 cornerback at Long Beach Poly out here in Southern California. He's committed to LSU, but was in Eugene for a visit this past weekend, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that was an unofficial or official visit. I'm actually supposed to head out over to Long Beach Poly here after this uh, after this visit, after this podcast, uh, to go talk to Dalen and try to get some details on that visit to Oregon. That was a huge visit. I mean, or this, this Stanford game was probably Oregon's biggest visitor list for the season so far. Um, he's a really lengthy, explosive guy, about six foot two. I uh, want to say he's around 200, 200 uh, plus. Uh, so Dalen Austin's another name you got to keep an eye on. Uh, it looks like he wants to take some more official visits. I'm trying to think of what other schools were in the running for him, but I don't want to mislead you. So I got to take another look at that. I want to say Michigan State is one of them. I'm fairly confident that Michigan State was another one. Um, so that recruitment doesn't seem to be over, but we'll see what he has to say. Uh, Roderick Pleasant was another guy that I talked to. Roderick Robinson, rather, the San Diego Lincoln running back. Uh, he was wearing Oregon gloves, but I'm not, uh, I'm not super convinced that Oregon is in the driver's seat in that recruitment. He's committed to UCLA, but he's going to be taking his official visit to uh, Georgia this weekend. Um, so I'm going to actually try to write up that interview tomorrow on Roderick, uh, Roderick Robinson. Too many Rodericks. And then you've got uh, the last guy you want to mention is David Peavy, also from Lincoln out there in San Diego. Talented linebacker, still on the board in 2023. I had an update on him on Ducks Digest. You got USC. Washington, Oregon. That's what the final three is looking like. He's supposed to take his official visit, not this coming weekend, but two weekends out when Oregon is back in Eugene for that UCLA game. It's looking like that's going to be an official visit. And then a decision should be coming shortly after that. Uh, so just a quick episode, but I wanted to get some recruiting notes up here on YouTube, on the podcasting feed. So a little bit of a shorter episode, but if you guys want to find more of me, Go follow me uh, on Twitter at mtouristsports. That's where you can always find the latest updates. And go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, like the video, and share the Ducks Dish podcast. That'll do it for me, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for the support. Hope everyone's having an awesome day. And we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.